Father God, I just want to thank you for Lutzolo, Pastor Lutzolo, Lord. I want to thank you for the messages you give to him, Father God, and the way he, he can co- translate them so nicely and easily for us to understand. Lord, I pray that you'll open up our hearts to hear directly from you, Father. Thank you for using your servants and be with him tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good evening. Um, it's an honor and a privilege again to come and share. I always say if, if you did something once and they invite you again, it means it went well the last time you were here. <laughs> so um, I'm invited again and I'm honored to really be here. Thank you so much. Without any uh, further ado, I would like for us to please open the scripture in James chapter 1. James chapter 1 verse 12 to 20. James chapter 1 verse 12 to 20. If you're there, say amen. amen. Excellent. I will read from the NIV version if you don't have it. I know there's no verse 12 there, but it should be somewhere on your phone. Hey, <laughs> And if you have a Bible, it should be there on your Bible too. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruit of all he created. Verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be what? Be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you that your word is truth. Your word is life. And because of your word, Lord, we are able to live life worthy of the call that's upon us, your children. The call that's upon us to shine, Lord, in this dark generation, Father. And I ask in Jesus' name that as we look at your word tonight, that nothing but your words and what's in your heart will go into people's hearts, Lord, and that we will be able to be doers of your word and not just only listeners. In Jesus' name, amen. This is one of those scriptures that when you read, you go, ish. This scripture is quite potent because it speaks about exactly where we find ourselves sometimes, where we are tempted, where we are overwhelmed by situations. It speaks on the fact that when we are going through trials, we are to persevere. Why must we persevere when we're going through trials? Why is it so important that we must persevere when going through trials? Why can't we... Why can't the Bible just say, give up when you're going through trials? Is there a verse like that in the Bible? When you're going through hardships, give up. Let go and let God. <laughs> Dude, it sounded like a proper verse, isn't it? 
But the Bible doesn't say that. It says when you're going through difficult times, when you're going through hard and trials, you are to persevere. You are to enjoy, you are to go through this difficulty or this challenge that you may be facing. So the title of my message tonight is this. Shine through life's unfairness. Shine through life's unfairness. I was sharing now during the prayer that it's a kind of a title that, that pokes something, isn't it? How do I shine? The sentence itself contradicts, isn't it? You shine through unfairness. When things are unfair, why must I be shining? When things are unfair, I want to attack. I want my own way, isn't it? No, this is not fair. It needs to be dealt with. Shine through life's unfairness. As we're looking through this, I would like to give a little bit of the background and the history of James, why he wrote, what was happening when he wrote the book of James. And because of what was happening, he wrote all these words and he was encouraging the believers, especially the Christian Jews at the time. But I want to just highlight something about what was going on in that time when James was going through this book, writing it and making sure that it reaches the guys, that they understand where he's coming from. The Christian Jews in those days, because they claim that Jesus is Lord and they want to live for Jesus, they were ostracized. It means that they were, uh, uh, they were, they were cut off from their community, their community of other Jews. They didn't uh, have uh, good income in terms of their businesses because now suddenly no one wants to do business with them because now they claim that Jesus is Lord. And the other Jews also cut them off socially, which means that they didn't want to worship with them in the same synagogue. And those issues became a serious problem because it means they couldn't enjoy the company, the community they were part of. It became a very difficult place to live. Some of the Christian Jews, they were even persecuted. They were taken in court because of, uh, they offended a law or something. And so it became difficult for them to live a Christian life within their own community. And so when James writes this book, he's writing this book to encourage them, to say you are to persevere even when this is so unfair. When you're losing business, not because you don't have a good product, you're losing business because you are being ostracized, you are being set out, you are being separated from your normal community that was part of your life, part of your loved ones, part of your friendship circle, part of your religious group. And so this became very difficult for, for a lot of the Christian Jews. Some of them even went and lived in other areas and they ran away because they just couldn't live and they couldn't stand the suffering. And so I would like to start off by saying this as we're going through these different things and these different things that they are highlighting in this book and in the portion that we've just read. How do we shine through life's unfairness? How do we shine through life's unfairness? If life is unfair, how do you shine through that? It doesn't encourage you to shine when things are difficult, isn't it? When you're not getting through when you're not getting success it's not easy and so i would like to summarize it in this sentence life 
can be unfair sometimes, but God is always just. Life can be unfair sometimes, but God is always just. We read about it through our scripture. One of the scriptures is Luke chapter 18, verse 7. God is always just. God is always just. And so when, he, when the Bible rec recommends and encourages us to persevere, it means that God has already made provision for each one of us to go through difficult situations. Interesting, one of uh, people's favorite psalm is Psalm 23, isn't it? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down. But there's a part in that psalm, it says, and though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For who? For God. For who? For you who are with, with me. It says, though I go through. Why doesn't he say, though I go over? <laughs> though I go over. It says, though I go through, it's like a tunnel, you go through it. Um, because it's a young adult, I, I can pay, perhaps just share a little bit. Uh, there's a saying by uh, Winston Churchill, a well-known one, during the time when they were about to, to face uh, the, the Nazis with, with Hitler. This was, was, was one of the questions. This was one of the statements, not a question, it was a statement that he was saying, saying to his leaders that time, that if you are going through hell, keep going. Because life can be tough. Life can throw some curveballs, isn't it? Life can throw things that you are not aware they're going to come and it happens and then it hits you and then you go, what just happened? Have you ever felt that life is unfair sometimes? And you felt like you don't have an answer and what to do about that. It's true, it's difficult when that takes place. But when life is unfair, as a believer in Christ, what are you to, what are you to do about that? How are you to handle when life is unfair? When things are difficult, when life is tough. What are you to do about it? I remember in my family, it's not, it's not long ago, it's about two months ago, um, everyone was sick, fever, and we went to the doctor, get medication. While we are going through that, the lights went out. We thought with everyone low shading, no, it's only our house with an issue. And then after that, we fixed the lights. We f everybody got better a week later. And then the gate also now, the gate remote doesn't want to work anymore. Hi, 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 hi. This is something else. I don't want to go through this. This is difficult for me. I don't understand. Why is this happening to me? Perhaps you've asked that question. Why me? Why is it happening to me? And so life can be unfair. But God is always just. Why is the Bible always calling us to him? Because it's only the Lord who can keep us. He's the only one 
who can sustain us. And so from the portion of scripture we just read, I would like to highlight four main points. Four main points. And the first one is this. For us to be able to shine through life's unfairness, we are to keep God's word in our hearts. You cannot do life if you do not know what God is saying, isn't it? You cannot go through life if you do not know what God is saying. These guys were angry. They wanted revenge. Some of them wanted to take arms because life was just unfair. How can people do this? Steal from us, persecute us in the name of the fact that we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that temptation, even when it does come upon us, where we are overwhelmed and we feel we have a right to do something, even when it may be a wrong thing against our belief, there's no temptation that's not common. Every temptation is common to men. The Bible tells us that there's nothing new under the, under the sun. If you feel tempted to watch something and you know it's the wrong thing before the Lord, it's not the first time. You're not the first one to experience that temptation. And so we are called by the Lord that we are to sustain, we are to stand, we are to keep on remaining true to the call that he has for us. We are, we are to focus on the Lord when we are tempted, we are to keep our focus because when we keep our focus on him, we are able to go through and shine for him. When you overcome temptation, when you look to him and you say, Lord, I want to look to you. When I'm tempted, I want to look and receive your love from you. I want to know that you are for me no matter what. And so that happens only when our eyes are on him, only when we know what God's word says. Jesus is a great example. When he was tempted by the devil, how did he respond? He responded in God's word. For it is written. For it is written. I wonder how much time do you spend reading or even listening nowadays to his word? Whatever you put in needs to come out. I like a lot of chips. And so sometimes <laughs> I eat quite a bit. And I know it's not good for me. So I have to go and I cycle and I just know I just need to, you know, pedal a little bit. Then I'll be fine. You know, because the aim is that I, I just want to be sure that I that I remain uh, like this, you know. It's not, it's not perfect, but it's, it's doable, you know. That's how I feel like. And so it is important for us to understand that when we spend time in God's word, whatever we put in will come out. If I put in the news and what the news says, when I speak, what's going to come out? The news. If I, if I have a friend and the friend is negative, when I speak to other people, what's going to come out? 
negativity. It's the same as when you study and you study to become a teacher and you stand in front of the class. What are you going to do? Teach. If you study engineer, you're going to be an engineer. Simple as that, isn't it? <laughs> huh? How much more if we study and we spend time in God's word? What's going to come out? His word. When temptation comes and he wants to derail us away from him, what are we going to have with us? The word of God. And so I brought this prop of mine. Interesting uh, that the word of God, if you keep on, and I've said this before, that if you keep on reading God's word, it's like having a stick like this. So that when you come across temptation and the devil is trying tricks with you, you have something. You have some form of a, a weapon, isn't it? So let's say that um, if you really don't spend so much time with the Lord and you skip here and there and you don't spend time in his word, uh, what happens is that uh, this becomes smaller and shorter and shorter. And then suddenly the devil is in front of you. Now you're trying to you're trying to do something here. You're trying to do something. But the devil has got you because now your reference for the word is like so little. But what happens when you start to spend time in his word and you fill yourself with his word? It starts to get a little bit longer. Start to walk with confidence. You start to tap it on the ground. You let him know. It gets longer and longer and longer. And one day when he decides to attack you, you see him from far. And now you're not afraid anymore. You start to tap him from there. You say, hey, I see you. I see you. And that's what happens with God's word. When we fill ourselves with his word, we are able to keep him away from us. We are able to overcome temptation. And when we overcome temptation, we shine through unfairness. Amen. The second thing we are to do, we are to keep a close relationship with the Lord. We are to keep a close relationship with the Lord. Uh, we cannot do life without God. Amen. I, I, God is the one who holds us together. We cannot be apart from him. We cannot, we cannot do life when God is not close or he's near. He, we cannot do it. It's like your cell phone. It cannot continue to work unless it's plugged in at one point and charged, isn't it? And so the Lord, he's the one that we need. We need to always have this close association with him. That's how he made us. And so the Bible in this scripture, it tells us that, you know, God being who he is, he's good. But the devil, the devil is a deceiver. He leads you astray. God is truth. He leads you to life. But God in his word doesn't leave us there. We are to choose our own path. 
You choose your own path. How are you going to live? Are you going to live close to him or away from him? Are you going to seek his advice, his guidance? The Bible tells us all the time, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. You want God to be the one who makes your path straight. To be the one who gives you wisdom. You want to be the one that holds you when things become difficult. When you cannot persevere. The Bible says that David strengthened himself in the, in the Lord. When it's hard for you, where do you strengthen yourself? Who strengthens you? It's so quick for us to find a friend, send a WhatsApp, call somebody. But the Lord desires that he be the first one. He's not saying you mustn't seek other people to come around you. But when life gets unfair, he wants you to be the first. You, he wants to be the first one to attend to you. And so you are called by the Lord to come and have a close relationship with him. I don't know anyone who really shines through life's unfairness and they do not have a close relationship with the Lord. And I'm not talking about fake stuff that we see on TV, you know, those things on TV. No, not that stuff. I'm talking about real-life situations. When you have a loved one that's sick or when you have a relative who's not been kind or a friend who doesn't want a relationship or a friendship with you anymore. Through those life situations, when life happens, when you lose your job, when life happens, who you gonna call? <laughs> I said that because I know you're gonna remember. The person you're gonna call must be the, the Lord. We are to keep a close relationship with the Lord. If you do not have a close relationship with him, I do not know, I do not think it's even possible. Spending time with the Lord, knowing what he's saying, those things are important. Having a, now it's even easier. There's, there's different apps, version and all of these stuff. You can have a, a very good um, a reading plan in place. You can choose what you want to read, when you want to read it. It can remind you. It can put it in front of you all the time. And so it's your choice to engage with the Lord. The question is, are you willing? And if you are willing, what are you doing about it? Ask the Lord to encourage you. Where to start? What do you do? Because we can speak and share about God and I have a relationship with the Lord. I'm doing this with God. But there's no fruit. doesn't show in our lives. And God wants us to show him. Even when things are difficult, that we are to show him. We are to shine through life's unfairness. So the first one, we are to keep his word in our hearts. The second one was to keep a close relationship with him. 
The third one, we are to keep the gifts he has given us. The gifts he has given us. What are those gifts? That is the gift of salvation. The fact that we can be restored back to God, our relationship with God, and our relationship with others. That is one of the most important things and gifts that the Lord has given us. And we are to keep that so that when life gets hard, we can remember how much God has done for us in the past. How much has he done for us to keep us? How much has he done for us? The Lord has given us all that we need, and sometimes we just easily ask for more, isn't it? We easily ask for more. Lord, what about this? Oh, Lord, I need that. Oh, Lord. And I don't know if you've watched that movie, Aladdin, the new one, the one with real people. (laughs) It's like sometimes we easily can make God to be like the genie in the bottle, isn't it? Rub it the right way and you get your wish. And so it is important that God, when we draw near to him, that we realize he has already given us everything we need. He has given us salvation in Christ Jesus. God is generous. He holds nothing, nothing back. Do we respond to him with gratitude or do we respond with more demands? Lord, thank you for the car, but a BMW will do next time. <laughs> it's, it becomes very difficult to do that because then we do not acknowledge him first. We do not acknowledge what he has already given to us. A Marxist student went about in the campus in varsity speaking about what the Marxist ideology was about, government taking care of people, people sharing everything, making it a social state, things like that. And one of the people that were in the campus was a Christian, a believer. And this young man who was a Marxist really was an intelligent uh, student. And so everybody really liked him, but they didn't like that he believed in this Marxism stuff. And so in that time when Marxism was like at the peak, when things were like happening to, uh, with regards to Marxist uh, ideology, he was the one pushing it in varsity, making it work, and people starting to follow him. And then he met a young man in that campus who was also a student, but this young man was a Christian. And when he met this young man as a Christian, they started to have conversations every evening. The young man said to this Marxist guy, I would like to understand more. Can you explain more what, what this means? And the Marxist guy started to share, yeah, this is what we believe, this is what we do, this is, this, is, this is the ideology, if you believe in it. And they start to have this debate every single evening. Eventually, the professor that was a Christian at the time knew these two young men, and he finally thought one day this Christian guy will be overwhelmed by this Marxist guy, and he will be able to become eventually a Marxist himself. But then, one day, when he went and he asked this young man, how did you do this? Because now the Marxist 
student turned around and he became a Christian. And he said to this young man, how did you do it? Because for many years there have been students here, I've been trying, but no one has ever been successful. How did you succeed with him? And he said to him, when we would have conversations, I would agree that he's got a good argument, this Marxist student. He had a good argument. I can't even compete with him. He's so good with his debate. But every evening at the end of the conversation, I would end it off and said, say to him, you have a great argument. I can't argue any further. But one thing that I will never agree with you is that even though you have proven and you've showed me that Jesus is not God or a savior of the world, I can tell you that with me, I sense him and his presence every single day. He speaks to me. He comforts me when I am in pain and I'm confused. He comes and he makes sense to my world. But I wonder what makes sense to your world? Who makes sense to your world? And this young man who was a Marxist couldn't explain. And eventually he decided that this is actually the truth. The truth that Jesus is alive, is a person. And Jesus came and he died for him so his sins can be forgiven. That young man turned around and he became a Christian. And he lived for the Lord. Now I wonder, what did that Marxist young man see in this Christian? He saw a reflection of who Jesus is. And that's the gift that each one of us carry, the gift of Jesus inside of us, the fact that we can have a personal relationship with him, we know what he's saying to us. We want to live according to his ways and statutes. In that way, we are able to show him in the world around us. Amen. And so the third, the fourth one is this. We are to keep his identity upon our lives. His identity upon, we are to keep this identity upon our lives. Meaning that we are to take upon us his identity. That wherever we go, we may reflect him and we may remain in him. These men and these women, in that time when they were going through difficult things, all they were doing was to show who Jesus is. In your world where you do life. Can people see Jesus in you? Can they see Jesus through you, how you do things, how you do life? Are you able to reflect him? Are you able to show that you are in him, in how you live? Because shining happens when we show who he is. And so I brought this prop each and every one of us when we have a relationship with the Lord when we are in his word when we live out the gifts that he has given us when his identity is upon our lives we flourish like this we exude the colors 
everything that we have been given by him, everything that we are called to be, it shows and it's beautiful and it's attractive and it's wonderful. And when life gets hard and things are unfair, we can continue to shine because we remain in him. But what happens when we are cut off from him, when we cannot overcome temptation, when we do not use the gifts he has given us, what happens when we decide to do our own thing and we deny and we reject him as the one to define our identity? We also look like this. But the difference is that we are not linked anyway. As beautiful as this plant and this flower can ever be, without a branch where it comes from, it's as good as it's dead. And so when we decide to do our own thing, when we go about it and we are not in him, we are as good as, as dead, even though we may look beautiful for a while. And so we are called by the Lord to overcome temptation when life is unfair. We are all called by the Lord to keep a close relationship when life is unfair. You don't run away from God and you push him off when things are difficult. You go towards him. We are called to keep his word. We are called to receive our identity from him even when life is unfair. Even when life is unfair. I would like to close with this sentence. Life can throw curveballs and life sometimes is unfair. But I would like to leave you with this. Our most overwhelming and challenging circumstances do not define who God is, but they define our character and who we are. And how do they do that? They define our character because of how we choose when the situation is grabbing us and it's holding us down and it's choking us. We are called not to be defined by situations. We are called to be defined by the Lord. Who defines you? Who defines me? Is it the Lord? Is it the circumstances? And so I would like to encourage you tonight. When life is unfair, shine because you know him. The one who gives life. The one who is able to take you through the unfairness. Amen. And so I would like to invite you to stand, please. I wonder if you've ever felt that life is unfair. And for some reason, there was never maybe justice or you were never really comforted. And you felt like, ah, whatever. Whatever happens, let it be. And you felt that you can go and do your own thing. You know, you can do life without God. You can be separated from him. Maybe for a little while, you will look like this. But you need to be connected back 
to him. You need to be connected back to him so that you can have life in him. And so I would like to pray in a general prayer, but each one is different and you might have you know, gone through a difficult situation and you felt God was unfair. There will be leaders here and um, some of the pastors will be here, but we can pray with you that the situations where you felt that God is unfair, that the Lord may come and give you comfort again, that the Lord may restore you back to a place where you are having a close relationship with him. Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, I want to thank you that each and every one of us, you are calling us, Lord, to a life that's not so popular, where things sometimes are unfair and we feel we are justified to go ahead and do our own thing. But, Lord, you are calling us to a much bigger thing, which is to walk closer with you, which is to be strengthened by you, which is to be identified with you, Lord, to reflect you in our lives. Father, I ask in Jesus' name for each and every one of us here who might have said that life is unfair. I cannot do this with God anymore, that they are giving up on you, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name that tonight those relationships and those doubts will be cleared and that, Father, Lord, people can come and be restored back to a relationship with you. Thank you, Father, Lord, that there's none like you and that you've made it possible for all of us to receive this gift of salvation, to acknowledge how far you've come with us and how much you've carried us. Thank you, Father, Lord, for all that you are doing, that you've done, and that you will continue to do in our lives. I speak your blessing upon your people, Lord. May you shine your face upon them. May you give them peace, Lord, and all that they are, Lord, may they live out the gifts that you've given them. May they be people, Lord, who are known to shine even when things are difficult. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you so much. Excellent.